This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Rick Alloway, and I thank you for your time. We are continuing in a series of Campus Voices programs dealing with futures, the futures of the various mass communications fields and the industries that are uh, broadcasting and advertising and sports media and journalism students will find themselves working in some time down the road. And our guest today on Campus Voices is Emily Doskow, who is a chief marketing officer for Leo Burnett in Chicago and uh, is an alum of the College of Journalism and Mass Communications, uh, graduated in 2002 with her degree in advertising and public relations. Emily, welcome. We're glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Let's start with what brought you to UNL and Anderson Hall and the College of Journalism and Mass, Commun Mass Communications in the first place. What was your initial goal for a college career? Absolutely. Well, I grew up in Omaha, um, so going to school uh, in Lincoln was, uh, I think, always a part of my plan, and uh, it felt like... Um, it felt very much like the right place for me. And not to mention uh, that I saw a lot of, um, had, had a lot of interest in journalism and uh, advertising in particular. And of course, that being a fantastic program, everything just seemed to fit. For me, I, um, I always wanted to be in a part of business or a part of the world that would combine business with creativity. Um, so I, I always enjoyed art growing up. I, I liked, I liked to get my hands, you know, kind of, kind of dirty with, with things, explore things. And so from that standpoint, I knew that I was, um, I, I wanted those two things to combine. Um, so it made an absolute perfect path to, uh, the college of journal journalism. And I declared advertising as my major, I think my very first day of new student enrollment. And I have stuck in the industry, uh, the creative advertising agency world, my entire career. Do you have specific memories of uh, the College of Journalism or specific uh, faculty members that might have impacted your life in a positive way? Oh, yes, absolutely. I I absolutely um I, I tell students this all the time, but I really felt like the college set me up really well to understand the various departments and roles that make up an agency. Um, I took classes in, um, in, in copywriting. I took classes in art. I took classes in public relations. I took classes, um, you know, kind of all even communications law. So I felt like I really had a sense of when I walked in as an intern someplace, I knew what the departments were. There were a lot of other people walking in who who had to be, you know, explained, I think, what, you know, what how they worked together and what they did. And I felt like I got this, which was great. Um, I also really loved my um my kind of uh, senior cl uh, class, uh, it was called campaigns at the time, but it was the time it was really getting a chance to form, you know, a, a small group together and work on an actual project, pitch it to the clients at the end of that project. And I know uh, nowadays it, it does sound like uh, students get so many more chances to do that through some of the student run agencies. Um, but I love that process. I fell in love with, I mean, truly, I, I might say that's Actually, where I probably fell in love with pitching uh, new business um, all the way back then. So, um, oh gosh, I loved it. Stacy James, Phyllis Larson, um, they were they were some of the people um, who I I do remember. 
good friends and good colleagues. And they'll be happy to hear that you uh, remember them fondly. I'll be sure to pass yeah. that on to them both. Your uh, initial internship was with J. Walter Thompson. Is that correct? Yes. Well, I should say my very first internship was actually at Swanson Russell. Ah, okay. um, I went to um, Brent Schott at the time, um, who I... Um, friend of a friend really uh, made an introduction for me. And I asked him if I could come work at his agency for free. Uh, and he talked to Dave Hanson and they said, yes. Uh, so I walked in the doors there and I had a, um, started working after I think only a few short weeks, they did decide to, to pay me for that, which was, which was wonderful. But I, I went in with the request, um, uh, just proactively, I guess, um, which is what started it all. And then my first kind of official internship that I applied to, you know, and, and took was at um, at J. Walter Thompson after college. I actually did another one in the in while I was a junior um, at Hill Holiday in Boston. And so this, I, I always went I always went somewhere and did something and and um, always in always in that creative agency world, um, fell in love with it each time a little more. This is your, if I remember correctly, your second time at Burnett, correct? It is. Yes. Okay. I am a boomerang. <laughs> well, it sounds like they're certainly happy to have you back. And I see that uh, you were listed this year among the uh, ad age leading women of 2023. Congratulations on that, on that recognition. Thank you. Now, Thank you. you. It was, the, it's a wonderful honor. And I'm just proud to be among that kind of group of women. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, very well deserved. Um, you joined Burnett as the chief marketing officer in February of 2021. So right sort of smack as COVID and the pandemic were hitting everybody right in the mouth. How did that um, baptism by by pandemic fire reflect on your transition back to the agency at a, at a weird time for us all? Yeah, it was definitely strange, but I think, as you said, strange for everyone. Um, the good news was that I I had been a Burnetter in the past, and the leadership team that I was stepping into, I knew um, not all of them, but a nice a nice part of them. So we were kind of the new generation, you know, kind of coming into the C suite roles, and so because of that, I actually felt very comfortable um, stepping into that kind of role and working as a part of that team during a time when I couldn't go into the office. Um, and you know couldn't couldn't meet face to face. Um, the interview process being completely remote, and probably my first, gosh, I would say probably four months before I saw anyone in person for that. Wow. Well, but we all got. It, yeah, it was it, it was really interesting. Now we're in you know all the time, and and the world is a different place. Um, but especially in in advertising, it's such a collaborative industry. It's such an in person, tangible industry. We still sketch things on paper. I mean, I've got my Leo Burnett pencil, um, but we still you know we still will sketch things out. I'll mark things up on a wall. We'll tack up ideas. It's very tactile. It's very interactive, and that's what I love about this industry. Um, but it, that was definitely a, a, an adjustment, um, you know, to working remotely during the pandemic. Uh, but I, like I said, I was lucky. I spent eight years away and came back and parts of it feels like you were never gone. I have an old colleague who, a uh, former colleague, I should say, who would always say the, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So you may say you were lucky, but I know you were working hard to achieve what you have. And you have been lauded in many an article that I've seen online as uh, for your strong ability to, uh, to to pitch well and your strong closing rate. And you had a banner first year or so uh, returning to Chicago with lots of new clients. And how at her, what point, you mentioned pitching already, at what point in your career 
coming through the College of Journalism and the Advertising Public Relations sequence and then moving on. At what point did the idea or the concept of pitching start to resonate with you as, wow, I like this, I, this is challenging, and I'm pretty good at it? Yeah, uh, I so my internship at JWT, I was put on uh, an account as an uh, account management intern uh, on a piece of business. It was Western Union. And then I also was kind of dual reporting into the head of new business. And she ran, you know, all the all the pitches at the agency. So I got as an intern firsthand experience to the most senior leaders of the agency sitting around the biggest, you know, boardroom table pitching massive, massive pieces of business. And I, you know, I was doing everything from uh, getting the food to, you know, uh, probably I shouldn't say decorating the room, but decorating the room in terms of focus group analysis and reference points, you know, for the, for the meetings. And I, I learned so much. And I think that's probably where I, I, I got the bug, um, about halfway through my career after being in account management, which I do feel like gave me a really great sense of how, how the, uh, client relationships really run in the long haul. It was a really great foundation. Um, but I, I, I got the chance to move over into new business and business development full time. And I took it, it was, um, it was probably the riskiest decision I made in my career. You go from being a, um, fully funded employee in terms of your client, um, you know, covering your hours and your time, uh, to being, being completely tied to what growth you bring in. And, uh, but I, I absolutely love it. It is, it is definitely, um, definitely a little bit of trial by fire, you know, in this kind of world, but it's, it's fun. It's vibrant. It's constantly, constantly, um, just really, really fast paced and really competitive. And I guess, um, maybe, maybe being a Husker <laughs> probably had something to do with my competitive nature. <laughs> you probably would uh, appreciate our current tagline then, which is in our grit, the glory. So that's, we just, we, we, we get down in it and get dirty and make cool stuff as a result of that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, love it. You you because you've you've referenced the uh, liking the creative and the collaborative side of things. Tell folks in an agency the size of Burnett, um are there still opportunities for you on the new business recruitment side to still get involved with creative or are you pretty much handing things off once the account gets landed? Um, so the job of my business development team would be to vet any new opportunities that might come into the agency while at the same time proactively prospecting for the kinds of clients we'd like to bring to the agency. Um, and we look at a variety of factors, you know, in terms of fit for the agency's expertise, um, size you know, size of the prize, um, and well, so their creative, you know, creative appetite, you know, are they going to make the kind of work that, that we as an agency want to make and put out into the world? Um, so we, we vet those opportunities. And then when, when it looks like there's an opportunity to move into what would be kind of a formal pitch process, although sometimes we can get around that, uh, which is ideal. Um, but if it's going to be a formal pitch process where we are competing against other other creative agencies, um, what my team will do is put together the team that would be cast and assigned to doing that. And then we basically are their coaches and they're um, essentially kind of doing the work of the pitch, working right alongside them to make it happen. Uh, what what clients often forget um, and, and students may not you know, yet have an understanding of is that um, everybody we're pulling in to pitch a new, new piece of business has a day job. 
Um, they they already work on a piece of business. Uh, they are their plate is full. So what my team does is basically do that work, you know, kind of with them, but on their behalf. And then we set them up for success, helping helping script the talking points, helping um, prepare all of the materials all throughout what can oftentimes be maybe a three to four month process, sometimes much longer, sometimes shorter. Um, but but what we do, that whole process is everything from developing a relationship. So that's the that's the account leader's kind of role and job, but we help them find and connect those relationships using everything from LinkedIn, conferences, anything we might know to get to know and build a relationship over that time. Uh, we use, um, I, I bring in the strategists and we're helping them develop the strategy for the brand. And then the creative team working together with the strategy team in terms of developing the idea. Clients want to see spec work. They want to see the ideas we have. So we're creating that. And then we're pitching that in the most powerful way where we can bring some real emotion into the room um, for, you know, for the, for the pitch. So in a lot of ways, you're doing an entire piece of work that could take an agency months and months, maybe a year to do in what is a very truncated timeline. So you're absolutely touching the creative process and and really the entirety of the agency. reason I ask it is I know uh, a lot of, and perhaps you were this way yourself, a lot of students enter our school looking at and knowing advertising or broadcasting or journalism by the finished product and have little to no yeah. experience with all of the research and the work and the the time and the, and the, the group effort that went into to creating that Super Bowl spot that wins all of the the yeah. great advertising awards down the line, and so that's always been part of our goal is to teach them that backstory to get them up to where they are creating that fun stuff. And a lot of the students, what they want to do is make stuff and are not aware yeah. of all the research that goes into it and the client development and the media buying and all the other things that are that are incorporated with that. So uh, it, I know a lot of them want to do creative when they leave, and so I know it must be rewarding to you to still be able to have a hand in that and, and still be able to dabble oh, in absolutely. those kinds of things. It would be, I think, very dull to only be stuck in one small slice of that pie. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think agencies used to be a lot more siloed. You know, it used there used to be a, when I started in advertising, there was a physical pouch, a uh, plastic pouch that you routed an ad, a, you know, it was called a print ad. And it physically went from one department to the other to the other. There's no such world like that anymore. It is completely collaborative. It is um, people sitting together, working together, um, collaborating, even if it's digitally and remote through, you know, all of our collaboration tools. So I would say that there's not a person, if, if, you're, if your job sits within a creative advertising agency, creativity is your job, no matter what part of the business you touch. I like to hear that. And I think you'll be happy to hear then that more and more of our classes are dealing with that collaboration aspect as well. It's the reason why we have the Yacht Student Advertising Agency and Bowie, our newest version of it, which deals with nonprofit clients. But all of our courses are dealing with um, student interaction, student critiquing, student workshopping of each other's work and working in small groups collaboratively to produce content because we're aware too that that's likely to be the the kind of professional setting in which they'll work once they graduate. Yeah, um, yeah. So what part of the, just personally, what is the most rewarding part of, of knowing you deliver just a slam dunk pitch? Uh, it is, it's incredible to be honest, to, to deliver what we set out to do. Um, there's never enough time and there's never you can kind of keep working every moment and every second because of how much you're trying to squeeze into that that process. 
But if we set, if we walk into that pitch room and deliver the presentation we intended to, um, and push the work as where we feel proud of it, whether we're chosen or not, that to me is a, is a huge win and something I, I really celebrate. So I always tell my team celebrate that you did, that you, that you, that you did what you set out to do. The decision may not be in your hands, but celebrate that. Now, of course, there's nothing better than a, a phone call you get <laughs> nothing better than a phone call. Um, but you know, that's also, if you're, if you're a competitive person, um, or, you know, or you like kind of the ups and downs and the sprints, it's a wonderful part of the business to be in, um, because you get that high, you know, there's, um, there's certainly something to be said for doing work that ends up in a Super Bowl or even ends up on TV or, you know, a digital video, you produce it, you create this beautiful piece that you crafted and you put your, uh, your soul into and to see it out in the world, there's a high that comes with that, um, in the, but it's certainly, I don't, I don't know that it's the same level as, as bringing in what is like a, a, a huge piece of business. Um, maybe that's unfair, but there's, you know, there's people who work in, in digital where the job is, the job is never done. You don't, you never quite get that big, uh, that big moment in the same way. However, you're working in, you know, um, maybe, maybe more of the front lines of the technical edge of the industry that's evolving at light speed. Um, not that we don't touch that. We, we certainly do plenty of digital and social work as well, but it's, it, I think there's different kinds of momentum and energy. It's a really energetic industry, but what's your your kind of flavor of it can help, you know, place, I think, the parts of the industry that are the best fit for each student. I value the fact that you said uh, whether or not you get the business, you take great pride in knowing you did the best you could and not to tie a Nebraska football analogy into this. But Coach Osborne, I know, took greatest pride sometimes in the way his team played in games they lost. Because he yeah. said, you played beautifully today, and there's only so much that you are in control of. And the rest of it is right. how much the other team does. In this case, the other agencies you might be competing against for a for a, a bid for a client. But So I think that's an important part for students to realize is when you've done good work, that's that's the best you can hope for. And the, and the rest of it's, to some degree, out of your hands after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, in the 20 plus years since you you left the campus here how do you how have you seen your industry change what is it what's different now about the way you do your work compared to when you first graduated um i think i touched on one of the pieces before which is just the level of integration um that exists um in the way we work but i would also say in the kind of work that we do um one example might be that uh commerce used to be a part of the consumer journey uh it used to be we talked about the point of purchase uh not that there isn't a point of purchase these days but it can come at any point in that in that journey and it can come on many many different channels and many touch points It'll, driving directly to commerce um has now come to the center of uh, I think, you know, the puzzle for us rather than become a piece of it or a driving endpoint. Um, so that's something we talk a lot about. Um, one of the things a bit related to that, and there's there's always a there's always a debate in the industry a bit of whether um, you should you should work at or the future is surrounded with big holding company agencies. Obviously, I have a bit of a bias at this point in time. Or, you know, these independent shops, there's constantly, constantly new, new small agencies popping up with a couple people who have started and spun off um, that exists quite a bit. 
But, uh, and then there's even, let's take that even further to in-house agencies. For a while, you know, it was agencies are dead. Um, everybody's going in-house. They're all creating their own in-house creative teams. I think the pendulum has swung constantly throughout my career, fr frankly, back and forth. But where I'm seeing now is that because of that kind of integration, um, I think clients that's needed across all those touch points. I think clients are, even if they've built their own internal, you know, creative departments, they're certainly looking for partners and they're looking for experts along that. So I, I don't think agencies are going away. And I think even some of the bigger agencies and holding companies are practically really well-placed actually to deliver all of the spectrum of, of services and, and touch points in an integrated fashion. So integration has been a word forever. It's been part of what we talk about probably since I was in school. Um, but I, 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 it's definitely not going away from that. We're not going towards specialists. We're going toward more integration. And I think students coming out of the college as well, being able to be experts in a wide variety of things um, so that you can understand the totality of a consumer experience rather than, you know, a, a particular moment with it is will be incredibly valuable. Since you joined, we've we touched on the pandemic a little bit here and the fact that you joined uh, again, rejoined Burnett right as the pandemic was roaring at full speed in February of 2021. While I think a lot of us would say we wish we'd never lived through it, there may be in some respects some value that came out of that uh, that time. I know for those of us, we've spent 18 months teaching online entirely before we were able to finally get back in and meet a class in person again. So in retrospect, do you think there were some positives that came out of that learning experience from the way we all did business during the pandemic? And if so, what? Yeah, I think um, my industry in particular, there was a lot of question marks over whether we could be as creative remotely and separated. Um, and I had a lot of trepidation over it. But I think learned and proved that you could, you absolutely could, uh, did, frankly, there was some of the best creative work put out into the world, I think because a well-defined problem creates really great creative solutions. And during the pandemic, the problems were so clear to us what we needed to solve. It wasn't just let's go get brand awareness for, you know, XYZ company that we've probably done a million times or let's recruit newer, younger customers, you know, fine. But we could now get into the mix with our clients, especially those where we had really great relationships and be able to be business partners in figuring out how you remotely get around problems that none of us had faced before. And if, you, if you're truly you know, in the creative industry, that's creative problem solving. It's what we do. So you know, we did things like um, during, the, during the pandemic, we were working for Wingstop and Wingstop um, Obviously, uh, you know, our, pro our primary product is wings. Um, and there was a chicken wing so shortage. You couldn't get chicken wings. Their entire business was about to tank. And um, rather than saying, well, that's my that's my ad agency, that's my comms firm, you know, they they brought us into that that situation, talked a lot about it. We launched Thigh Stop. And it was it was why not? Let's do thighs. Your company is a is really based on having all these flavors. It's not really based on it has to be on this particular part of the chicken. Let's do it. And and we we hacked all of the company's assets um, so that you know the bag that it comes in had the tape. It was you know it was quite 
quite fun, but had tape right over the top of the Wingstop logo that said thigh stop. You know, we used the same commercials because you couldn't go shoot new commercials in the same way. And we bleeped out Wingstop for thigh stop. It was funny. It was entertaining. And it solved a major business problem for them. And those are the kinds of challenges I don't think you know, or work that you probably would not have been able to do or launch if you weren't weren't faced with those kinds of business problems. So it was fun. I, I learned that, you know, it good relationships stand the test of of those kinds of challenges. Good relationships seem to be uh, the foundation of so much of what we do here. And, and we try to tell our students that, that uh, building their relationships, building their own brand, but also building the connections they have with the people that they meet at every step of their education is both critical to moving forward, but also just part of the joy of doing what we do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today, what do you think are some of the the biggest forces driving change in, in the advertising industry and what should students be most aware of? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up AI. Um, it is absolutely a topic um, of conversation at about every um, every every boardroom table, uh, you know, and uh, a client conversation that that we have these days. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about how that may impact the industry, how it may impact creativity. I think I certainly look at it as something that one students should be diving in. A hundred percent into seeing into understanding how that can be used from a business perspective. Um, for us, it's a it's I view it as an accelerant. You know, it helps us get to get to things faster. Um, it's it helps you break white paper. You know, it, sometimes that's the hardest part of of getting started. Um, but I think the thing to keep in mind, there's a there's a lot of trepidation over, you know, clients will just end up using you know AI and end up using agencies less or um, you know, we're all going to get taken over by robots, I suppose. But it, I think it's the human ingenuity combined with AI that's where the real power is. You know, it's like the the world is full of, you know, mediocre ads. It's going to take humans with that track record of creativity and understanding how to generate it plus AI to break through. So, so I think that that's... Um, that's certainly on the edge, edge, edge right now. And it's evolving at this incredibly rapid pace. So um, I'm probably saying something that students maybe are more apt to do than even people in, in, in the, in business uh, these days, but, you know, play with it, use it, um, you know, learn as much as you can. Uh, you'll be coming into this with, um, with all of that at your fingertips versus, you know, probably learning it later in our careers, like, like I did. So um, I think it'll be an amazing, amazing road. Being able to use AI as a starting point, but not the ending point, uh, I think is where right. we're looking at it a lot from our newsroom cap capacity here in the college as well. That if you can uh, automate some of the uh, you know boilerplate stock market stories that have to get generated every day and then free up your reporters to go work on more in-depth reports, or if you can create the first piece of, of, of broadcast copy and then really go in and hone it and spend your time polishing, that yeah. seems to make more sense, so... We're certainly yeah, encouraging yeah, our add, students add to the do the same thing. Yep. 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 Absolutely. I, I think the biggest mistake that any of us could make would be to try to ignore it because it's obviously not going to go away. So how do we, uh, how do we make the best use of it? Which seems to be true of every new technology change we've had along the line. So this is the latest one, perhaps. But yeah, I just heard another piece this morning about uh, the potential dangers of AI, and we're all going to lose our jobs. And uh, right. Yeah. Right. We'll have to, it have it to is. It. It's. 
it's a bit fascinating that that's still that that still is um, as as loud of a conversation as it is, um, given how how much it's already been used for so long in supply chain logistics and other aspects of business. Um, but now that it's become really crossing all sectors, crossing all types of of jobs, you know, now now we're having these kinds of conversations. So, um, I think I think students are so well poised to be, um, to, to really be experts in that, um, you know, as well as being experts in, um, generational knowledge too, you know, there's, there, there's a social fluency that, um, that exceeds with every generation, with every, probably with every new graduating class, I imagine, um, that just, um, truly is incredibly valuable to me and to the agency, um, even coming in at that, at that, um, entry level. So, um, so I think, just being able to add strategic thought to how you can bring that forward on behalf of a team or a client um, is is just incredibly valuable and something that students should always keep in mind. I haven't seen a brief uh, from a client or a prospective client yet that's not uh, targeting the next generation. And that's, you know, wanting to reach younger and younger and younger consumers. Um, and they, I think it's important that in our industry, that is certainly while we can all put ourselves in the shoes of another of another audience that isn't us um, or or not in our day to day lives, um, students have such a great wonderful advantage in in that them being exactly among uh, many of our targets. Yeah, not that long ago, the uh, that same argument was being used for students that understood social media. That uh, right, the exactly. Older, the exactly. older folks running the agencies or broadcast shops or journalism organizations were saying please come in here and teach us how to use Twitter because we don't get it, but we know you do and we need to be where you are. So uh, yep. same argument. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember taking a, uh, taking a class in uh, coding a basic website, I think in the, in the basement of, uh, of the building. And uh, I'm not sure I ever exactly used that, but I probably got leapfrogged into and never having to, but yep. I, I distinctly remember it. Well, AI is actually taking over some of those uh, the, the the precursory starts of of generating web pages in HTML at this point. I've seen some examples where people just plugged in some basics and said generate a website, and boy, they came up with some not bad examples to then go and tweak right, the way bad. you were just not talking good. about. So, yep, yep. <laughs> Not good, uh, but not bad. <laughs> I teach uh, every once a year our uh, section of our large ethics course that you had when you were here, Media Ethics and Society, and just finished that uh, in the spring semester here. So it's always sort of top of mind to me to ask you, what do you see as some of the major ethical challenges that uh, your industry is going through right now? Obviously, AI is an ob a good leaping off point onto that. But what are some of the other things that... that uh, you and your colleagues wrestle with in terms of the ethics of the advertising and public relations industries. Yeah, in the, in the advertising industry, I think I think AI is certainly at the top of top of that list. And what and and what there's there's just not a there's not clear answers. You know, I think a lot of times people are looking for um, the company to have a stance or a point of view on those kinds of things from the start. And I think it's fair to say right now, a lot of that is being sorted out as we're in. You know, we're we're building the plane as we're flying it. So it's certainly going to be. Uh, I guess shades of gray, you know, or at least um, having having your own personal views on all of it. Working with um, artistic talent, um, whether that's voiceover talent, um, illustrators, artists, that kind of thing. You know, there's definitely some points of view on um, when it comes to generative 
uh, AI imaging um, and even video creation, uh, where there's there's a lot of uh, conversations around that, and there's there's differing points of view um, that I think I still, frankly, need to need to dive into um, on a regular, much more regular basis, and and be a part of that ongoing conversation. Um, you know, I think the other part of the business, um, I'm not sure if this answers your question directly in terms of ethics, but it's something I think about a lot is when it comes to conflict, you know, agencies used to be very much, you know, you had one client in CPG or in a certain category of food and beverage, you had another client in automotive, you had another client in, in tech or tele telecom, and uh, you just had one of each. And that's that's the way the world worked. And I think in this, uh, we're definitely moving toward um, a world that is much more um, open. And I, I think probably in the last year, you know, all of the contracts I've negotiated have been, um, we can't have the same people working on competitive in, in, you know, clients and industries, but there's less of a, we're being viewed much more like consulting firms where we can, ha we can have multiple clients in a similar space, um, but still be able to keep our, keep our people separate. And we do rely quite a bit on, you know, people processes that were being, that are being built to make sure that, you know, ethically and operationally, you know, we're really creating a level of separation that our clients expect that, you know, we're contracted to, but also that, you know, makes them feel comfortable, makes them feel protected. Okay. That's, no, that, I think that fits very, very well into what I was thinking of for that answer. So, and let me bring up another one because it was specifically referenced by one of the, the, uh, the group projects in my class this past spring, they chose to deal with the situations where clients or brands um, choose to get political in their, in their thinking, whether it's, uh, throwing their weight behind um, you know, student athletes kneeling on the sidelines or getting involved with the Black Lives Matter movement or with LGBTQ issues. And they, I thought, very thoughtfully weighed the, the pros and cons and the, and the potential risks for brands getting involved. Uh, and I know it's a brand by brand situation and, and it's whatever the client needs. But in general, have, have you and the agency had some general thinking about whether or not that's a good idea to get uh, socially involved? Yeah, this is a huge topic, um, especially right now, uh, given what happened with uh, with Anheuser Busch and Budweiser. So it's um, and and like you said, multiple examples over the past uh, several years. So it's a, it's probably a conversation we have with with some client on probably a daily basis. Hmm. Um, and and what you said is absolutely correct. It is a case by case basis. Um, what we try to do is really help our clients understand um, their the purpose of behind the brand, and therefore what are the actions you take. What what is the behavior of the brand? Um, it's very easy to look at what is our tagline, what is our campaign. But if you have a good tagline and a good campaign, it actually indicates the behavior. Um, so if uh, if it makes sense to act in a certain way or to or to um, be a part of something, you, your brand, if you've done the strategic work, I think at the level that, 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 that you know, companies should, it should steer you pretty quickly. And you should be able to at least have a really good, solid, fruitful conversation with the business partners around the table about whether that's the right solution for the company. Um, Certainly, you know, inclusivity, DE&I, um, we, we look at training, um, even going through trainings together with our clients in a lot of that 
um, so that we're looking not just at how that relates to talent, you know, brought into the company and opportunities for talent, but also how it's reflective in the work uh, that we're doing. And in terms of all the partners, vendors, and people involved in making the work um, and how we're supporting the future um, in all of those areas as well. So um, absolutely an ongoing dialogue and, um, and in case by case. Yeah. Shifting gears a bit, what would you suggest is the model of the future employee in your business, in your area, that we should be coaching our students to sort of gear toward? What kinds of things do they need to know? What kinds of behavior should they model? What kinds of, of attitude should they have coming into a new job? Yeah, uh, curiosity. Curiosity, being absolutely inquisitive. Um, know what know what you feel passionate about. Um Know whether you um, whether something um, tugs at your heartstrings or pulls you towards somewhere or how you react to it. Um, I think this is still very much an evocative and emotional industry. Um, we are trying to do that, and so know what know what drives you and know what drives um, so that you can have an intelligent conversation about that. Um, and be inquisitive about every about others. How do you feel about this? How do you react to that? This is. Advertising is part, you know, psychology um, in in most days. And so having, um, being actually a good uh, surveyor of life around you and not being afraid to go and ask people questions about what they think about something, um, I think there can be uh, a propensity, especially as I see younger talent coming into the agency to um, perhaps uh, sit more quietly um, or or take it in, um, be questioned whether they have the uh, the knowledge to be able to weigh in on a strategic conversation. And the reality is um, a lot of what we do, especially when it comes to big brands, we all know Coca-Cola, Samsung, Procter & Gamble, you know the brands, you know, you've interacted in, the, in that world. And so if you have a question, if you ask a question in the right way, that can drive a whole conversation around the table with senior leadership, their peers, and drive, and, and one comment in that conversation can be what drives a creative idea. So I think that it's it's not being afraid to ask questions and not being afraid to ask questions in and out of, of, um, of the school and in and out of um, your, your early career. That's good to hear. That's one thing I don't think has changed at all in all the years the building's been open and the college has been open. That driving curiosity has always been, in in all of our majors, part of what what drives us, I think. One, yeah. One thing we do know about the, the generation of students that we're dealing with right now is they have a, a heightened interest in and social causes and behavioral kinds of things that, that touch them personally. They're very engaged in uh, looking after what is not only good for for whom they work, but also for themselves as well. What are you seeing as uh, in suggesting to students about the work-life balance, which is a term that I honestly hadn't heard much until about 10 years ago. It's basically get out and work. And now it's, well, yes, there's work, but there's also you. And if you're not good at you, you won't be good at work. So what do you, what do you encourage mm -hmm. folks about that? Yeah, we certainly see um, with the uh, youngest generations in the workforce are um, looking at uh, wanting to have that purpose, I think maybe much earlier in life than than many of us. Um, I certainly came out, uh, you know, head down, ready to do whatever it took to prove myself every day. And, and not that there aren't, you know, that isn't uh, uh, out there and with people anymore. There's a bit more of I need purpose while doing that. Um, 
I think purpose is um, and and balance and all of that is is really important. And again, this industry is one where we're asking people to be creative. Again, whatever part of the industry you work in, we're, you're we're asking for that inquisitiveness and we're asking for that creativity. So if uh, if you're sitting there it, at a you know chain to a desk and we say you know, get me your deadline by tomorrow, get me your idea tomorrow. That, that isn't, that isn't really what works. You know, we get out into the world, we explore, we ideas come to you. Um, so I think that, um, I think that we as an industry have a, a, um, a bit of a need to, to do better. Um, advertising is known for being, um, rather intense, uh, which is always kind of funny because we're, we're certainly not, um, making rockets or, um, you know, doing open heart surgeries, but, uh, but it's known for being really intense and having a lot of late nights. We can do a better job of allowing for people to work, um, work more flexibly. That being said, it is definitely, definitely a need to come together, uh, when, when we can, you know, we, we look at our, uh, return to office as, we call it a social contract. It's not a rule. You don't have to be, everyone doesn't have to be sitting in there, sitting at their desk because you have to be sitting at a desk. It's it's a social contract to say, I'm here for the other person. I'm here to the, for the person to my right and the person to my left. And so if we can all gather together around that, um, I think work-life balance can be a part of what we do. And we can still um, we can still come together and do what we, we naturally do. Um, that answered part of your question, which was which was around this kind of flexibility um, and new world. I hope I hope we I hope we continue on that path and we find find the right balance. Every industry will be a little different, but I do hope that we find ways to do that. And I think it will only it will only help and increase uh, creativity. Um, when it comes to purpose and that kind of thing, um, I think that there is there's a propensity to think. Um, I know I, I did early on that I need to work on a particular type of client. I, oh, I want, I, I must get to the big client. I've got to work on Coca-Cola. I did eventually work on Coca-Cola and it was everything I thought it would be. But I also worked on so many different things that were not the big, sexy brand. And just because it wasn't the big, sexy brand with the huge corporate social responsibility component to it, where I felt like I was, you know, volunteering hours in the background and everything else, it didn't mean that I couldn't help that industry. And I think there's a lot of different ways to think about what, how you are helping something and whether it needs to be with a certain brand name on it or a certain type of, um, you know, type of work on it. Um, there's just a lot of different ways to, to, to give back and be a part of what is a bigger picture. When you bring, and this is related to that last answer. So when, when a tour comes through the agency and they stop by your area and they're, interested, energetic young people, high schoolers or college kids, or you're asked to speak to a class and somebody says, I want to do what you do. What advice do you have for them? I, uh, I do encourage students to, um, take a, take a position, um, and try to get a broad range of experience. Um, there again, people are, uh, tend to have their eye on a prize. Um, I want to work here at this exact agency. I want to work on this kind of account. Um, you know, I want to live overseas. I think, um, I think the key early on, and, and this is what I did. I worked across a really broad range of clients. When I worked at Swanson Russell out of school, I did get, I did get that job offer after that, um, the early in 
internship while I was, I was younger in college. And then I came out and I started working for Swanson Russell and I got the chance to touch healthcare technology, um, erosion control, um, and agriculture side of side of things. Um, and getting that really broad breadth of banking finance, broad breadth of experience allowed me to then springboard that once I had that experience under my belt into something that then I could say, okay, I've learned this much. This is where I want to go next. And that next step took me to the next step, took me to Coca-Cola at, at Leo Burnett. Um, so try not to think about doing all of it right up front. Um, try to think about, um, Getting a, getting a really broad broad range of experience. The other thing I do think is fun about our industry, and it's one of the reasons I've always stayed on the agency side instead of the client side, is you get the chance to work on a lot. Um, raise your hand for business development, new business pitches. You know, go touch it for a while. Uh, go volunteer to work on a pro bono account. Um, there's so many great ways to get outside of what could be a siloed experience to get that range of of um, of work experience uh, that may not be like immediately apparent when you walk in the doors. So the product tied this back into where we started. And since you mentioned pitching again, has, has the nature of pitching changed since you started and do you anticipate it changing further down the road? Ironically in a world that changes constantly, pitching has not. Um, and it's fascinating. We, we still will receive, um, you know, an RFP, RFI from a request for proposal from a uh, from clients, and it will still be a very long, structured process that still follows all the same steps it did 20 years ago. And it needs to evolve. And I've I've spoken about this before, and I'm involved with some of the industry organizations and in trying to trying to evolve this, um, but. We um, we will work uh, these crazy hours and we will, like I said, do a ton of work in a very short period of time and um, and give it away for free to, you know, in the pitch presentation. Um, and and it's 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 a little bit archaic. And I do think I'm, I'm a big proponent of changing that. I'm working with the four A's. I'm working with the ANA to try and get clients, um, marketing teams, procurement teams, as well as agencies to really come together and say, what is the right way to do this so that we have better um we have better respect, better use of time, efficient efficiency, because it's a ton of time for the client to be meeting with three different agencies or five different agencies, keeping all that straight in their head. It's a great deal of time for us, a great deal of intensity and burnout among employees who are asked to, you know, to come into that process. Um, you know, it, for a while, it used to be that if you got the phone call for new business, you were both uh, overjoyed and uh, concerned at the same time because you knew you were be kind of being tapped for the A-team to go win something. But then you were like, oh, my God, I just lost every night and weekend for the next you know, two months. Um, so we've really, really strived to create a world that is still energized in new business as much as I can control um, so that we are saying no to clients a bit more on what we're willing to do. Um, and we're saying no to saying, I don't, I don't really want a small fee for my work that I'm going to give to you for free. I'm actually going to retain the IP, um, and the ownership of those ideas in that process. Um, 
And, and if that's not enough for, you know, for you to know, and, and for us to be the right partner that you can then say, now we're going to get into the, the depth of this experience together, then it, it may not be the right, right partnership for us. It's another big risk, I think, um, that, that my, I, I'm certainly taking, but that's one I believe really strongly in. Your story about uh, the sort of duality of getting that call reminded me of, uh, uh, John Stewart on The Daily Show mentioning that they had produced a demo for the Colbert Report and that Comedy Central loved it and had commissioned the series. And Stewart on the, the Daily Show said, well, we did this did this little show and they liked it. And now we actually got to go produce it. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. the, the <laughs> right. duality of the phone calls, like, congratulations, but now we got to do it. So, yeah, that kind of goes both directions. So that is the uh, that is the fun of of um, my team's job is uh, we get to um, I always say we get to um, hold the wedding, but we don't have to uh, stick through the marriage. So <laughs> or we have to or we get to have the baby, but we, you know, in the early days, but then we get to hand it off or, you know, during its uh, childhood and teenage years. So that is a, that is uh, something that I've always found um, a bit freeing about. Uh, oh, oh, my God, we just sold this. Now we have to do the work. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Well, since we're talking futures, what's the future hold for you? Do you think uh, are, there, are you is this your dream gig now that you're a second time person around, or do you think uh, there's something else coming down the road for you? This is my dream job. Um, it absolutely, um, I can I can say that with a hundred percent certainty. So for that reason, I'll say the future is open. Uh, I've I've uh, I've always been interested in um, not necessarily following a job, um, although certainly I had my eye on this one. Um, I, I this this came to me, you know, and this 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 worked because of you know the the people I knew and the connections I made and the hard work along the way. Um, so I've always kind of followed people. And um, when the people I knew and loved from Leo Burnett came, you know, came, you know, called and, and said there was an opportunity to work together again, it's really joining the people. And so if uh, if there are people, you know, in my life and in my in my network uh, that have that next opportunity, um, that's that's where I'll look. But for now, I'm I am absolutely um, thrilled to be to be where I am. I'm loving it. Um, and uh, we'll see where, where life goes. We have a fabulous gig at a fabulous storied agency in a fabulous city. So what's not to like, you know? Right. <laughs> right. What am I looking for next? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you very much for taking time today to talk with our audience and our, our students about the future of your industry. And uh, we wish you all the best down the road. Thank you very much. And I wish all the best to the students uh, and, and the college. Our guest today on Campus Voices, Emily Doskow, the Chief Marketing Officer for Leo Burnett. I'm Rick Alloway. This has been Campus Voices. And as always, I thank you for your time. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.